Alrighty, everybody. Welcome to the Barca Bloodgrounders podcast. My name is Josh. Hope everyone had a good week. So, uh, Euros are about to kick off, and we're going to chat about that later on today uh, in the pod. But there are some Barcelona bits that I wanted to go over. Uh, Xavi said he feels like he's ready to coach Barcelona, which is... I don't have the uh, previous Xavi quotes just like pulled up uh, right next to me. I will say that he, he's turned down the job in the past, obviously. And in the past, he's talked about um, it seemed like he was opposed to it. And so now he said, quote, this is just so weird. Quote, I am on the market, exclamation point. The club decided to continue with Kuman, and I wish him the best. In the last four months, I have not had any contact with Laporta or anyone else from the board. I don't know when the moment will arrive, but for me, it would be a dream to return to Barca one day. I'm in no rush, honestly, but I hope it happens. I understand people may think I'm not ready, but I want to make it clear that I am. I know the club, the environment. I am coaching at a professional level, not kids, and feel prepared. People have criticized Guardiola and Zidane before they took charge at Barca and Real Madrid, but Koeman's the coach now, and you have to respect that. <laughs> I don't want there to be a permanent debate about that. Well, that's too bad, Xavi, because there will be. Uh, and then there was a source. Um, this is from an ESPN piece where he wouldn't be interested in taking. Oh, so I'm sorry. All this is from the. It's all this is from an ESPN piece. Um, he said, quote, it's not my idea to coach Barca B. To be honest, I am interested in coaching men's football and consider the B team a development team. I'm working with professional football in the elites. That wouldn't be the idea. I I don't know how to feel about this because as we've chatted in podcast after podcast past, uh, hiring Chavi is complicated. It's complicated like Frank Lampard being hired at Chelsea and then being sacked. It's complicated like... Andrea Pirlo's reign at Juventus. It's complicated like best case scenario, which is Pep Guardiola at Barcelona and Zinedine Zidane at Real Madrid. It's weird. And you want to make sure you don't screw it up because things can get awkward if it does get screwed up. Like Frank Lampard getting sacked and then immediately Thomas Tuchel takes Chelsea to the Champions League and wins it. Uh, you don't want to screw up Xavi coming home. And so for him to say he's ready after really kind of the last, I think, 12 to 16 months of him hinting, and he might have even said it like he doesn't want to come right now. Like he, There were reports that he was offered the job last year, I think after Kike was fired, and I think he said no from what I remember. And so I don't know what's changed considering he just signed a renewal. It's it's a little bit weird. Like if maybe Laporta doesn't want to bring him in right now, but I doubt that. It seemed like he wanted to. So I find it strange that they talked about um, – him not wanting to be the, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's different. It's, it's just, it's different from him. And I, I'm not opposed to it, but at the same time, like, I just don't get why the change in heart all of a sudden. Anyways, um, there's a report that, uh, our old pals, Juventus are reportedly trying to, beat Barcelona to Memphis Depay. Uh, Juventus have made remained interested and, quote, have made an offer that far exceeds what Depay would earn if he moved to Barcelona. Uh, so we might be in a similar situation like we were with PSG and Jorginho Wijnaldum. And money talks, right? Uh, Barcelona may not have the exact same appeal that they once did 
like two years ago. And uh, if you can earn three million more, which is according to the report, what he would make at Juventus, three million more. That's uh, that's hard to say no to. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. That would be a, a pretty big uh, blow for Ronald Koeman and kind of the players that he's wanted to get. Um, Mr. Moss of Inter Miami, the chairman, is optimistic about getting Lionel Messi. Uh, this is... I'm not really sure why he went on the record. He said, quote, David Beckham and I have been working really hard. We have aspirations of bringing the best players here. And Lionel Messi is a generational player, arguably the best player of all time. I'm optimistic that Messi will play in the Inter-Miami shirt because I think it will complete the legacy of the greatest player of our generation and will meet with the ambitions of the owners of Inter-Miami to build a world-class team. So the expectation was that, or kind of the thing we've talked about for the last few weeks is that this contract that Messi is looking at will be a 10-year deal where the first two years will be at Barcelona and the next two years will be in MLS, assumed that that would be with Inter-Miami, and then he would continue as a Barcelona ambassador, whatever that means. So these quotes are just kind of there. I don't know. They've talked about... Uh, Moss and David Beckham have talked in the past about getting generational players like uh, Cristiano Ronaldo or uh, Lionel Messi, so this is kind of just a part of that process, I would guess. I don't I don't take too much from that. Um. Jordi Alba, uh, he had some interesting quotes today talking about Luis Suarez, uh, calling, calling it, quote, a joke. He said, quote, it was a joke. He said he is someone who gave a lot to Barcelona and they practically gave him away for nothing, above all, a direct rival in Atletico. And look, they went to win the league. They went on to win the league with him. I didn't like it. Aside from the friendship we have, where are you going to find a striker like him? It is difficult to find one. Yes, <laughs> there are some very good players, but what Luis gave us. I mean, yeah, where are you going to find a striker like him? That's a great question, Jordi Alba. And uh, Barcelona have not found a striker like him. <laughs> and so it remains one of the most perplexing uh, perplexing parts of Barcelona in the last 12 months. Um, and then the last bit of news I had written down to chat about was Gerard Piquet reportedly being willing to restructure his contract and earn less for Barcelona. Cool. Uh, there you go. Um, Euro time. So I'm not going to go through and like fill out a bracket on the podcast. I did that in a YouTube video that I will link below, uh, in the show notes. I also did a Euros 2020 kind of most watchable teams, but I did want to chat a bit about the Barcelona players who will be at the Euros. So obviously Spain, uh, Sergio Busquets will be there. Uh, and I, I, I'm recording this as uh, I'm not sure how the COVID situation with Spain is going right now. So I don't know if any of these guys have tested positive. I actually, Sergio Busquets, hang on. Let me let me just look this up while I'm. Uh, okay, so Sergio Busquets did test positive. Okay, I didn't realize that that had. Actually, I kind of did realize that. So there's like, Spain's having a lot of problems right now. There's like a separate bubble that Spain's having. They're like, I think they talked about bringing in like vaccines or whatever for the players who haven't been vaccinated. Uh, it's just, it's a mess. Either way, Jordi Alba, Pedri are also there for Spain. France, the kind of prohibitive favorites who I don't. And you guys can watch the bracket video. I tried so many different ways to not have Spain winning it. And it was just so difficult. Um, but Spain will have Antoine Griezmann, Usman Dembele, and Lenglet from Barcelona. 
the Netherlands will have Frank de Jong and Denmark will have Martin Braithwaite. So, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot for Barcelona players to do. Um, I think the most interesting teams are obviously uh, Denmark. Okay, so the, no, the, I got messed up there. The most interesting teams from a Barca perspective are obviously Spain and France, right? I am interested to see how Braithwaite plays with Denmark. Uh, I think seeing Braithwaite with uh, Christian Eriksen is going to be fascinating. Frank de Jong is going to do his thing with the Netherlands. That's fine. But uh, just in the friendlies, Griezmann and Dembele have been great with how much freedom they're going to get from having... Uh, well, I don't know how hurt Benzema is, but with how free they're going to have, like with a traditional striker up front, Griezmann can kind of do his thing off to the side, and Dembele can as well. And then Spain's just... I don't even know like what to what to think about Spain with all the COVID stuff that's happening right now. They're a mess. And honestly... They're not. They're not that exciting of a team. <laughs> like I, so Luis Enrique is obviously the manager, right? Former Barca guy, great guy, good manager. Uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna give him some sort of like, some sort of like good manager, okay team pass. Like they're gonna be fine. I I don't necessarily believe that Spain has a chance of being that that prohibitive of a team um like actually let's just look up the odds euro 2020 odds i would bet spain are like somewhere close to 10 right <clears throat> spain are fifth highest favorites wow so spain are more of a favorite over germany and portugal that's probably due to them being in the same group like the group of death france germany portugal i would put spain around honestly plus 1400 kind of in the netherlands group uh italy are a little bit high too but that's just again because they're in the easy group uh england and france are the favorites i mean i get that england are good but like i would never make them favorites of any sort of tournament and that's just maybe that's just like a stereotype about english football but i don't know um yeah, that's kind of all I got. So again, I did a, uh, I filled out a Euro 2020 bracket. I did the group stages and then moved on to the uh, knockout stages and filled out all that. And I also ranked the most watchable teams at Euro 2020. Both of those videos will be in the show notes. And uh, yeah, that's kind of all I got. So everyone enjoy the Euros, enjoy Copa America. I know we didn't really chat about that. And listen, if I'm being honest, uh, the fact they're both happening at the same time sucks. And I don't know if this, they usually do. And I, I didn't look up the schedule from years past. Um, I'm pretty. I thought they were on like different cycles, but I, uh, I might be completely wrong about that. Um, so that kicks off this Sunday, and that kicks off Messi's. Um, they play on Monday. Sorry, Argentina plays on Monday against. Gosh, they play against Chile in the first game. And actually, and then they play Uruguay in their second match. So Group B is Argentina, Chile, uh, Uruguay, Paraguay, and Bolivia. So they have a brutal Copa America bracket. Let's just look this up real quick. All right. So Group A, we already talked about that. Group B is Colombia, Brazil, Venezuela, Ecuador, and Peru, and then the um, 
kind of the big matches in the group stage are Argentina and Uruguay and then Argentina and Chile from a messy perspective. Uh, that's June 13th and June 17th. Other good matches that, you know, just to be aware of as a football fan, Uruguay and Chile play June 20th and then Colombia and Brazil play June 24th. Uh, the finals for that are on July 10th. Let me look at when the Euro finals are scheduled. The Euro finals will be July 11th. Jeez. That's awesome. So July 10th, we're going to have the Copa America final, July 11th, Euro 2020 slash 2021 final. All right. That's all I got, everybody. Be sure to subscribe to the pod if you're not. Thanks for listening. Enjoy all of the glorious international football, and I will talk to you next time. Thank you.